It's a good cough segment. We yeah. Get that out. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Got to get those out somewhere. Everybody cough at the same time. Cigarette yeah, cough break. Really that one out easy. <laughs> Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. So, Patrick, welcome to Design Much. I want to welcome you and I want to welcome our listeners um, to the podcast you listen to to level up your design game one bite-sized skill at a time. So, let's let's do this thing. Yeah, let's do it. So, we we talked to Trevor Nielsen, um, a designer from Mojo Marketplace, um, just the other day. Um, We we talked to him about um, picking fonts for design projects. Um, and he brought up some really interesting stuff in the interview. And um, I, I want to know, Patrick, what are some of the things that you took from that interview? Um, after yeah, after doing the interview, a couple of things I learned. And I know you have lots of things that you learned as well. So mm-hmm. we'll reverse this in a minute. But uh, a couple of things I learned was um, uh, when when picking a typeface, start simple and then build from there. So start with something that's that's more of a simple uh a simple font has simple styles that kind of stuff and then build from there because uh he mentioned that it's a dangerous territory to go with stuff that's too crazy because if it's hard to read then it just makes people uncomfortable um another thing that i picked up that i that i probably just didn't even think about um was making side-by-side comparisons when working with a typeface or with a font um and uh, just to see how the font's going to work right because mm-hmm. just because it's a good font or it's a font that everybody uses doesn't mean that it will actually be good for the project you're working on. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see like how is that font used with other projects, maybe even projects that are similar to yours. Uh, another one was, and I, I don't deal with this much because I don't do client work really or anything, but um, narrow, be, being able to narrow down like your your font choices and present that to the client um, and maybe not present one of those crazy outliers that you think is going to be weird. Like maybe don't present Comic Sans to them. Because they might just pick Comic Sans. So, yeah. like, narrow down to, like, three that you really like. got to be very careful there. Yeah. yeah and don't give them one of those wild ones that you think in your brain is going to throw them off and they're not going to pick it because they'll think it's ugly because that'll be the one that they will pick. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, what did, you, what did you pick up from the interview before we get into it? So, um, and, and this is, a, like, a lot of the way visual design um, is, but typefaces as well, like fonts, they, they evoke feelings. When you look at a mm-hmm. font... And they give you a feeling of what you're what you're reading, right? Um, and I don't I don't think about this too much, but it's it's true. Just with just like with anything else in visual design, um, so when you're approaching like the the project of picking a font um, for like a branding project or something like that, um, you want to figure out what what the brand terms are. So like what what are the feelings that your your client wants to convey out of this brand, and that will help you at least narrow down a little bit more. Um, what you want out of a typeface. You know, what, what are the feelings you're looking for out of a typeface? And also, um, kind of like what you said, like comparing things together. Um, if you're having problems with with when you're pairing your typefaces, if, if you look at something that is conveying that message that you want, um, you can find something like that that inspires um, this project and look at the ones you're selecting and put them, you know, again, as you said, side by side and see what is working, what isn't working. Maybe you can pick out some details as, oh, this one is, um, this one's a lot softer or, or this one um, is sharper is, as you know, you said, like there's there's crispiness, I guess, in a font. Um, so kind of giving you that, that feeling that you want and then you can um, modify yours to make it look a lot more like what you need um, in order to convey that message. Um, and also something that I really liked what he said was that the typography that you choose should be invisible. 
it shouldn't really stand out too much. Um, it should convey that feeling that you want, but it should just really be something that um, brings brings across the message, right? Um, so it shouldn't be something that stands out way too much. And um, and finally, um, as he said, what's really important, just less is more. Um, kind of going along those same lines. So um, keeping those in mind, I think, uh, as we, we learned in this this interview, you can really be able to select some great typefaces for for your projects. Yeah, I think I think there's there's obviously more in there. Yeah. Um, should we go ahead and get to the uh, to the Trevor interview here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, one other thing I forgot to mention was he said to have fun out there and to be safe. That was one important thing that I learned too was was being safe when selecting a typeface. Definitely be safe. Fun. Yeah, it's a dangerous world out there. It's dangerous. And make sure you're having fun because it's, yeah. it's it can be daunting. It's hard stuff. Yeah, typefaces are scary. Definitely. When you're in a project like any like a marketing project or any kind of project, um, and you need a you need a font for your project, like what's the first thing you start to do? Like what's the first thing you do? Or how do you begin that project looking for a font? I think it helps understanding the like talking to the people behind the project that what's what's their goal? Like if it's a client, like what is your brand all about? And um, it helps when a brand has like just uh, brand terms, like the brand terminology, like the canopy is like trustworthy. Um, I can't remember the other two. Yeah, I don't know either. Loyal, uh, re- re- loyal <laughs> friendly, thrifty, great, clean, reverent. Um, kind, yeah, yeah, so and cheerful. Exactly. And so you, you take those, <laughs> you take those terms, and and I think that you get a you get a general feeling from that. And so, um, on a recent client project I've been working on, they the like we went with a pretty bold font at first um but then the client got back to me and said you know this doesn't feel right this feels very um fluffy and customer facing but we're more of a b2b brand Mm -hmm. and i didn't know that like i I was like oh i thought you guys i was picturing them going online selling to people that google and try to find their their service but really they're going to be going to other business owners and so that changed it so that made they were like we want something more refined something more sharp so then we ended up going with a, uh, a more thin, uh, crisp. Crisp was the word they liked. They're like, we like crisp. we like the word crisp. <laughs> uh, they thought that felt very professional. Um, so then, going off of those those feelings, it's like then we found one that was very tight, uh, wasn't so bubbly and thick and fat. Um, it was a little bit taller. Uh, so I think that helps a lot is trying to just understand the feeling behind the brand. And then when you look at a font, like fonts have feelings, and so you start to. You can you can understand what they want by just matching the feeling of what they're looking for with with what the font looks like and how you feel when you when you read it or when you, your first impression when you see the font. So what what aspects of the font though, like specifically what aspects of the font? You kind of mentioned a few of them, like the the size and width and stuff and height. But what what aspects of a font actually make the font have a feeling? Uh, I think like corners, like there's a. Um, like for Canopy, when we I was when, with Carly when we chose ASAP, uh, we were looking at some other fonts, but we really liked how uh, the corners were so soft. Like that was a very specific detail that we looked for. Is we liked the soft corners; um, it made it feel inviting. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if it had had sharp corners, um, it may have felt a little bit more like 
like uh, intimidating and we didn't want it to feel that way at all. So I think that's one detail. Um, I'm probably not the best expert at like all the specific components of a, like a character. Um, but yeah, I think looking for, and, and sometimes if you get into the new, into the nitty gritty, it, it, it gets harder. It, it helps to just type out your logo name or your brand name or type out a paragraph. So look at it like at an overview, um, which is cool that a lot of the like font websites you go to, you can type in as much as you want and it'll yeah. auto-populate it. So you can, before you have to download it or buy it, you can get an, a good idea for what it's gonna feel like at small scale or at different font site. Like you could see what a paragraph will feel like or you can see what like a huge header is gonna feel like. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a direction I take at the beginning of a project. Yeah, when it comes to the impact, like the font having an impact on the brand, because you're gonna have, the brand has what, like has a, has, has colors, has a color palette, it has um, a font, probably a logo or something you know, involved in that, like how important is a font to a brand? I think it's, I think it's important. Or if you look at a brand that has a bad font, then, you know, <laughs> cause you'll, I, I, I'm trying to think of if I, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't want to call on you out, <laughs> but like if you see one and you're like, uh, like if it's, if the tracking is bad, if it's like, if you look at their head header and their, the first thing you see, you land on their landing page and there's this huge header and it's tracked out way too much like it it, it affects the feel like the way you the way you feel about this brand you're like ooh, it just it almost looks a little <clears throat> undercooked like i don't know it's it, i think it, it affects it but um something i've noticed is that like when you first start learning design like you start to you want to do fun funky crazy fonts but then i felt like the after a few years go by you start to realize like I kind of just want my fonts to be kind of invisible. Hmm. Like you don't yeah. want it to be so crazy. You don't want it to stand out. Yeah, so you don't much. want it to stand out. Like I think there's a place for it. Like we um, we talked about marketing a little bit earlier. Where uh, in the marketing page, it's okay to be a little bit crazier, but in product design, it seems like everyone has the exact same font. Like like it's rare that there's like a font that is like outrageous or different that you really notice because I think people they kind of want their typography to be invisible. Like they want it because you have to say something you can't, it's kind of a, a necessary evil. Sometimes like you want, you want it to be pretty and look nice, but you want, but you have to say so much. And sometimes it can feel like your, your font or your typography is going to just like blast over your whole page and it's going to be overwhelming, overwhelming, people trying to read stuff. Uh, so I think it's important that like to find something in certain instances, like within the product, you want it to be. Uh, less outrageous, less crazy. Like if you're going to be doing so, so to selecting a font, it'll depend on the project. Like if it's if you're doing some product design, uh, you you probably want something that's not so crazy. Um, but then on your landing page, if you're trying to capture someone's attention for a split second, maybe you do want something that's a little bit more out there that makes you stand out. So it's a little more bold. Yeah. So it kind of depends on the project, I think. But but yeah, like it definitely impacts the brand. I I believe, I believe that. So. That's really interesting. And when, when you're starting a project and you're, you know, you go to that first initial phase of selecting this this font or this typeface, mm -hmm. um, even you know me coming from a graphic design background, that part was very daunting because how many fonts are there out there? Like there are so many. Like how do you actually narrow down to choose a single font for a project for a branding project? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I feel like I heard someone else say this a few years ago when I was looking into kind of that same question. Um, and it was, I'm trying to remember who it was, but they, 
they said that they kind of realized after a while they, they kind of just started reusing the same fonts. Like mm. you kind of you kind of find a few fonts that you really love. Um, and obviously, if you're, if you're doing like a new project for all these different clients, you're not going to give them all the same uh, the same exact font. But but maybe I, it, I feel like nowadays it's seeming like a lot of companies have the same similar looking fonts like Proxima Nova. Like how many companies right now use Proxima Nova? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I think that uh, there are, you kind of do find like, you're right. I feel like it's like 99 to one as far as like fonts that you just don't want compared to the like good fonts out there. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of hard to find. So I think after a while you start to find like a few that you love um, and then you, you start to reuse them in different ways. Okay. Like even if it's not like the main um, marketing font for a project, like maybe within that client's project, like they're, um, just for paragraphs and headers, like you'll end up using the same font that you did with another project. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it is kind of daunting, I think. Um, and, and what's funny is whenever I start a project, like I'll open up illustrator or sketch or whatever, and I'll just put like the name, if I was trying to, if I was doing a logo project, I would take the name of the company and, and like just repeat the name over and over and then just try a ton of different fonts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they end up just thinking they're so creative, like there's a lot of them are too crazy. So I end up going back to similar ones I've used before. Um, that is if they're, if it's not for like a custom, like word mark. Yeah. Um, if you're just looking for something simple, but yeah, so it, I, it can be daunting, I think, but, um, I think after you start to recognize certain fonts and styles, you just want something that's not weird. <laughs> and so you, there's not a lot of fonts out there that aren't like, that are just it's normal. They're just like, <laughs> I, like Apple used Helvetica for a long time and <clears throat> Helvetica is just so plain. Yeah. And. And now they use, I think, San Francisco, which is one I think they made which it. Which is like almost identical. It's a, it's identical. almost the same. <laughs> but look, it's nothing. It's nothing like crazy. It's just so simple. I think um, you kind of just find simple fonts that you like, and and maybe some other fonts that are similar to that font but slightly different. <laughs> uh, that makes typography sound really boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that makes sense. So you you kind of like you gather a lot of fonts you like and they're kind of part of your your tool belt right mm-hmm. like you you will typically use this sort of font for like body text um, stuff like that and maybe you'll go a little bit more crazy for like a, a main branding font but you have typical fonts for for the typical scenarios yeah sounds yeah like. that sounds that sounds good okay is there uh, in terms of that too like combining fonts together when you're looking at Say somebody uh, consult like a company already has a brand, and maybe they use like I don't know Proximino or something for their brand, like their mark. Um, and but but that's like not something you're probably going to use for like the body copy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Is there any like strategy or anything that you employ to like pick a, a, a complementary font to something like that? Yeah, there there's even like websites that that give suggestions. Um, I was just looking at one yesterday even and it was it was providing all these like suggestions for fonts that would that they think might go together um it's pretty normal like to have like a serif font for headers and then like a sans serif font for the paragraph copy because it's just easier to read sometimes so um so yeah I, and honestly for me I, I like some of the fonts that i've used in the past like they just the family's so huge um that it comes with so many different weights that we'll just use a different weight for the header and then use a, a, a more lightweight font for like paragraph copy. Paragraph. Cause yeah, you can get away with like just use the between, same font between size and weight. You yeah. can actually get away with. Yeah. Like, like honestly, some font families come with like 20 or more fonts. And so it's like 
for certain brands, it's not necessary to go find another mm-hmm. font to pair with it. Um, which, in my experience, I've mostly done that. Like, it's the companies I've worked with have just have one font family or typeface, and it's like, and it has so many different options that there's just we never even use them all. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so yeah, maybe I I just haven't had the experience enough to combine fonts because it hasn't been needed. But do you have any uh, like typeface foundries or anything that you prefer or like, or does that even matter really? Um, a lot of times I'll just, I like for a while, I would just start with Google and just try to find the font, try to find free versions. Cause you don't want to buy it unless you're going to like use it as part of a brand or something like, and then you have the client buy it. Um, but something that I use that is awesome is, uh, is which I think a lot of people use is Google fonts, like, and cause they just have so many. And then when you use those, you know that they're like web friendly. Yeah. Um, and then also Adobe Typekit. So a lot of designers have a Adobe account, which I don't know if you do. <coughs> in your last in your last episode, I heard you say you deleted Adobe. Everything's gone. <laughs> Dumb, um, I can't even use Cooler anymore. Dumb. Oh really? Yeah, I. Uh, I got. I, it's like Facebook. You can't ever leave Adobe <laughs> once you once you've entered in. Or it's like Hotel California. That's right. <laughs> they won't let you leave. <laughs> Um, I don't think you have to have an Adobe account, but you can still use Adobe Typekit. So yeah, between Adobe Typekit and like uh, Google, is it called Google Fonts? Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Web Fonts. I don't know. You there are just there's so many options there. So if you have an Adobe Creative Cloud account, you get access to all of their fonts. Maybe not all of them. I think with some of them, it only gives you a couple of them for free. But then if you want to use others, you may have to buy the whole family. Um, but either that, that's just a great way to find a bunch of them, and then and then you can kind of sort it by what's trending. Or you can you can adjust the filters to like I want a bold font that's sans serif, or I want like a tall condensed font. You can do all sorts of filtering in Adobe Typekit. So that one's awesome. I use that one a lot. Um, and then if you uh, there's other ones like MyFonts.com where you can like I think I think I don't know if they do, but a lot of them will give you like two weights for free. But then if you want the whole family, spend like eight hundred bucks or whatever and buy the whole family. Buy the license for it. Yeah. Well, there's like 1,001 free fonts. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Which goes back <laughs> to what we talked about. Most of those are pretty, uh, they're, pretty yeah, insane. They are. So that's the thing is like when I, I feel like that was a site when I first started designing, I would use that a lot. And I would just search for fonts and try them out. But then I, I would notice I'm like, when I would compare it to like the designs I, I was liking on like Behance or Dribble, I was like, it just looks so bad compared to all these. And I, yeah. cause I feel like people just pick, people don't want weird fonts. I, I I feel like people end up coming back to like the simple Proxima Nova or Helvetica or, or like a universe. That's another one that's, it's, it's pretty simple. Like they don't, they're not, they're not outrageous. So yeah. Does, um, what, so like, uh, do you, do you have any clients that come to you? Have you ever had any clients that came to you and wanted, they didn't want to use, they wanted their own font, like not their own, like not have you design a font, but like they wanted to pick the font. Yeah. Um, most people just have no idea. Like they'll have an opinion once you show them something. But at, well, that's funny you mention that though, because the the most recent project I have worked on, uh, they specifically wanted um, accidents. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's like accidents, but it has two Z's in it. It's a crazy name. Nice. Um, so they wanted that one, but it's actually a really cool font. But they like they oh. came with that one in mind. They had that one. Yeah. They're like, we that's like this font, cool. and I so I didn't have to like do a lot of hunting down fonts for them but i was like wow they have they had good taste already it was a great font and they they're gonna buy the whole thing and 
like the whole font family. So yes, it's rare that somebody will come in and be like, this is what I want. Because <laughs> most people don't know what they want. You know? Have you ever given a client like narrowed it down to like three or four fonts and given the client, like let the client choose? Yeah, usually that's what I would do is like um, create like a little mock-up of a business card or like a, um, or just different variations of their logo with different fonts and present to them that way and, and let them try to choose. But you got to be careful because you got to make sure you show them ones that you, no matter what they pick, you're going to be like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Which is why I think a lot of people have different opinions on that. Some designers won't present more than like one or two or maybe three ideas to the client. Like that was another thing when I first started designing, I which I thought it was great. I thought that that was like a cool thing to do is like to make your client think you're working so hard. Like I showed them like 10 different logos. Yeah. <laughs> but then they would pick one that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have showed them that one. Because they picked the one that you... They picked yeah. the one. <laughs> they inevitably picked the one you didn't Because you pick. think that like you put a bad one in there and like a good one, they're going to like be able to, it'll make the good one look even better because it'll have some like, like, oh, that one's so bad. But then they pick the bad one. You're like, oh. Yeah. Like, I like that one with that super heavy drop shadow and the big bold lettering. And yeah, and you're like, no, no, that's what on you. Done? That's your fault. Yep. You just got to put more like misspellings in the bad one and yes. just just kind of um, destroy it. So <laughs> they're going to definitely choose like those infomercials. It's all black and white. Yeah. yeah. The lady's like spilling cereal all over herself. Yeah, no color on this logo, but check out this one. Check this one out. It's like glowing. And then they love the other one. They always love the garbage one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, that black and white looks great. Yeah. I love that. It's so, it's so monotone. And it has that lobster font, too. <laughs> that lobster font. Lobster. Love lobster. Oh, lobster. Wendy's uses sense. lobster. They do. Yeah. It's a good font, though. It is. Lobster I feel is like... a really well done font that. I think it, uh, it. I think it just got overused. Yeah, got overused that's the it problem. Was free, right? Yeah, it was, it was a good font that was free. So of course everyone just like I saw it when I first saw it. It was awesome, and then now I see it, I'm like, wow, that is everywhere. You see, yeah, you just drive down like I drive down State Street in Provo, billboards and billboards everywhere, like all the different signs. Like there'd be a diner with it, right, and it'd have like the lobster font, and then you drive down the. St- drive down the road two blocks, and then the paint store has like a sign, you know, paint discount clearance, and it's in lobster. <laughs> Like, wait a second, who who decided that everybody could use lobster all of a sudden? Yeah, that's and what's funny about that is like other fonts get overused, but I think where that one's so unique in the way mm-hmm. it looks, it's so easy to tell that it's being overused. Yeah. yeah. But at like Proxima Nova, like it like that's a good example of a font that can be invisible because you see Proxima Nova a lot, but you don't notice that you're seeing it because it's just it's very simple. Like it doesn't have any character like the characters don't have crazy swoopy curves that stand out and make you think, Oh, I'm seeing that. I've seen that before. Yeah. Like it kind of just looks like something you've, like you don't really notice. Have you seen the Helvetica documentary? Like I haven't on, on Netflix. But I'll you watch, it. watch it. Is Adam Sandler I think in it? On. I think Adam Sandler's in it. <laughs> okay. And Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, Narrated by Adam it's the Sandler. Only, it's the only documentary they're both in it. Um, <laughs> no, but they that they bring that up like almost every brand that you've ever looked at in like retail or anywhere uses Helvetica as like their brand. Wow. Like their brand header thing. It's amazing how many actually use Helvetica. You just don't know. Because like you said, I think that's like kind of an invisible font. So yeah. It's just pretty. But it's really nice. It's a nice font. And you can it's make really it good. look. You can make it look different with like. Like you can make it. It's so. It's such a robust font and that it's. it's Or dynamic. I mean, that's a better word. Like. Oh, yeah. It's so simple, but you can use it in different brands and people don't notice they're seeing the same font. Mm-hmm. So like if the, depending on the color, the layout, the sizing, like it's pretty cool. Man, lobster. If you, want that, if you want, if you're doing like a vintage marketing campaign, Ooh. 
You use lobster. Put a grunge texture over the top of yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's a rule. <laughs> that's like that's like, yeah, one of the one of the font family items. Here's a grunge texture. Yeah, or like grunge a hipster texture. like a hipster logo. Yeah. You want to do a hipster logo, you know, the round the round with the lettering around the outside, but that nice bold like thing with the swoop underneath it you yeah know? like it's a baseball team because the l basically like the like the yeah. letters come with the swoop all, yeah. like, you do like you do like your thing you start out with, you got you have to you have to start out with the l because that's like the classic lobster yes letter right then you just do the l and then like uh like you name your baseball team your local softball team like the luminaires or something <laughs> and then the s on the end the s has to swoop all the way underneath the rest of the letter yeah i think i gave you a design munch design much sample logo that was like you that. did and yeah. it was lobster font it wasn't lobster <laughs> it was lobster two lobster two there's a lobster two there's a lobster Whoa. two absolutely does it have bigger claws <laughs> I don't it wasn't lobster font I, I can I, i'm not allowed to do lobster of course with a font that popular it's got to have a sequel right yeah. yeah lobster two hey whatever you did with the design much logo though you you did something right it came out with did, an awesome did andy i don't know did you use a font face for that typeface um i did and then i kind of modified it a little bit um i don't remember what it was cool it looks custom yeah. whatever it is it's nice that d yeah it looks really good that d is for dang it's for dang <laughs> look at this that was the intention you, you can clip that part out <laughs> no that's going in uh it's so when you so selecting a typeface is that something like uh did you did you go to college? Like, did you go to graphic design in school or anything? I did a degree at Utah State, but I didn't do it in design. Okay. I, I took a couple of classes, but I I kind of decided I wanted to be a designer too late. Yeah, and so I just finished out. I was doing a liberal arts degree. Oh, okay. And and it was just she was like, you could come back to school and do a second degree, and I was like, at the time I was like, I didn't know if that was a good or a bad idea, and so I was yeah. like, okay, I'll finish it out and see what happens. And um, but then instead of I just started doing design work for clients, like freelance work. I did a lot of free stuff, a lot of dirt cheap stuff, um, and just started doing it on my own. So by the time I finished school, my, my liberal arts degree, I got a job up in Logan, um, and I didn't need to go back for the other degree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. So, so you kind of, I mean, you're more self-taught. So is that a skill that you think, like typefaces, fonts, like understanding, that's probably a skill you've just kind of learned. Yeah, because I think, I think you just, it, it you learn to f- like feel it for it and see it like you can like even just doing layouts and knowing how big to do the header and how big to do the paragraph text how far apart they need to be um you just start to get a, v- a vibe for it and then you s- know what works and what doesn't work um and it helped i just feel like it helps so much to to see like so design is such a visual thing um and that's how i learned so much is just from seeing what people do and then you don't end up copying them but you um you take uh, skills like that are like little techniques that they use and it just becomes like part of what you do and when you start designing you'll start to to mimic it in different ways um and so you start to see like how people what fonts look good and what don't um and like how to lay out a web page with um and like i'll even put it side by side like this is mine this is theirs like why does mine not look good <laughs> why do i like theirs so much and why does mine not look good <laughs> take them both and put them in the file and side by side and be like why does their font look better? Why does their layout look better? And you start to realize like, oh, it's because I don't, I'm not using enough contrast. Like my headers basically is not that much bigger than the paragraph. And so it's not feeling right. So you shrink the size of the paragraph and up the size of the heading like, oh, looks a little bit better. 
But I, yeah, so like, I feel like learning uh, by seeing what people do helps a lot. And um, just learning that way. Because you can learn, I mean, you can learn the fundamentals of, of like what makes a typeface, but that doesn't really help you pick a typeface. Like that might help you understand the quality of a typeface, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like learning, true. learning like uh, the letter spacing and learning, you know, all that stuff and line height and everything and like that, like understanding what it is, but that still doesn't really help you. That's true. Yeah, I probably didn't answer your question that well. Um, yeah, so you're, so you're wondering how how you pick a typeface? Like, well, no, I think I think like what you said was perfect. Like okay. um, mm-hmm. looking at other people and learning what what makes a typeface actually look good. And you know, laid it laid out next to other things or in comparison to other things is probably more important than actually learning. Well, I shouldn't say more important, but it's just as important um, in selecting. Because I like, I've I've picked typefaces that just don't fit, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm like, no, that's a good typeface. That's quality. That's got a good look to it. And then I put it in a project. I start using it. And I'm like, I'm the same thing. Like, why can't? Why doesn't this look good at all? I mean, it's a good typeface. Why doesn't this look good at all? And it's it's other it's all the other elements of what you're trying to, to do, right? Yeah, or it's how, like a mismatch. How you actually implement the the typeface. Yeah, that's true. I actually just did that recently too. I I picked a typeface for a for this client, and I showed it to him, and and I loved it. It was this, um, and it, it's even a, the whole family is available on Typekit, and and I had never seen it before, and it was this really cool font. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of things. Um, but I um, <laughs> and then but anyway, I used it for this client, but they're like, no. Oh, it's the same. So it's the same client that said it was too bubbly. Oh yeah. But anyway, so then I was like, but I'm totally saving this, and I'm going to use this on another project I have going on. So I'm going to like, um, but I found it didn't match their their brand, didn't match their feeling that they were looking for. Um, but I'm like, I love this font. I'm going to use it later because yeah, it's so good. Put it in your pocket. Yeah, it's, it's right yeah. there. Okay, so kind of maybe like one last question for uh, for me. Um, but what for somebody who's kind of junior designer, first time, they're working on a couple of projects. They're struggling through like picking a. They're struggling through a brand, right? Maybe mm-hmm. even um, haven't had that much experience with with selecting a font. Like, what would be the one thing that you would tell them? Like one piece of advice for them in picking a font. The one piece of advice I think. I think with with typography, it's. I think less is more. Like if if you're getting crazy with the font, then it's got like lots of pieces and parts to like the letter a and and it just looks crazy like the, i think there's a place in time for those and um and there's certain brands that might work with that but i feel like right now at this point in time and in, in the industries people are just loving the simple fonts like they're even like with serif font which do have a little bit more going on like there's they sometimes have little uh i think called ligatures like i'm not the I don't know all the terminology that well, but like they just have more pieces going on. Um, there's some that I feel like that a lot of those are happening right now, like uh, um, even Ueno or Bueno. I don't know. Ueno. Uh, dot- bueno. Bueno. Is that how you call yeah. it? Bueno. It's like Bueno. I think it's bueno. It probably is Bueno because it's just Bueno without, without the, the B. B. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Bueno. <laughs> they, they use a serif font on their uh, homepage of their marketing site, and it's awesome. So, but it's but it's simple. Like I feel like taking the simple approach is gonna save you. From doing something just wacky and crazy, um, <laughs> so even far overboard. I- even if you are using fonts that other people are using, like there's this desire to like be different and stand out. Um, but with typography, I feel like it's dangerous. It's dangerous territory to try to stand out too much. Um, I feel like there's other areas like with color where you can do some crazy colors, and I feel like that's more 
acceptable and people it's more appealing like there's there's all sorts of crazy colors and brands and um but with the with the typeface it's like you have to read it and if it's yeah. and if it's hard to read people it makes people uncomfortable um it confuses people and it doesn't look professional um so i feel like being taking the safe approach the conservative approach with typography is a good bet even if you're reusing a font um you'll event like maybe after, over time you may get brave enough and bold enough to pick something a little bit more out there but uh, i don't know maybe people will disagree with that and be like no do whatever it, it's free world yeah but it just it all depends on the customer if you're working with clients and trying to sell something and, and in that case i think less is more well especially when you're learning right it would make sense to start with more trusted fonts or mm-hmm. uh fonts that are easier just to work with right? yeah it seems like that would be easier to learn do you, do you have any other questions, Andy? Um, I don't have any other questions. Yeah. Awesome. Do you Do you have any anything else you'd like to add to the conversation? Uh, have fun out there. Be safe. <laughs> be safe. <laughs> I love it. Uh, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sitting down with us and talking about fonts. Yeah. Thank you. Typefaces, fonts, whatever. Doesn't matter. Font families, typefaces. I learned something today. Ligatures, armatures, kerning. <laughs> Kerning tracking. It's all just crazy. A lot of crazy words. stuff. Most of it's made words. up. I think people just make up stuff. <laughs> just so they can sound cool yeah. around yeah. other people who don't know what it is, right? <laughs> yep. Other designers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was just working with this ligature the other day. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a medical, oh, sounds like a medical term. <laughs> <laughs> That's what doctors do, right? Yeah. Like they just walk, they just, when they, when there's a party at a doctor's house, they're like, yeah, I was working on this ligament the other day. <laughs> ligament, that's the word. <laughs> Ligaments, ligatures. It's all the same. That's where it same. came from. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only ones I remember is ascenders and descenders. Okay. Because I, well, and I only know descenders because descend, they go down. Ascend goes up. And ascend would go up, right? If that's the opposite of descend. Wow. But I don't even know why that's important for me to know. Yeah, I don't know how that actually relates <laughs> at all. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm selecting a typeface and like the descender on a G goes down, like okay, I know it goes down. Yeah, it goes down below the baseline, right? I know that. But I guess you know, but why does that even like? Maybe I guess unless it goes down and like swirls around and does a loop and then has a little. Maybe if you're talking you know, to someone about lobster and you wanted to be able to explain to them what instead of just calling it the swoopy under portion of the L, <laughs> you'd be smart to just say the descender, right? The swoopy underportion. I actually like the swoopy underportion a lot better. <laughs> that might be the title of this ed- episode, by the way. Okay. The swoopy underportion. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, that's a wrap, Andy. That another one, one, another one in the can, as they say. In the can. In the can. <laughs> uh, so we hope we hope you guys learned something. As we talked about before, we learned we learned a bunch of new things. Uh, from from good old Trevor, um, but if you guys learned something, please let us know what you guys learned. We really want to know if this uh, uh, podcast is making an impact or if it's doing what we claim to think that it's doing. So um, go over to Twitter. It's at design underscore much. Um, follow us there. Uh, tweet about it. Um, tweet about what you learned. You can DM us what you learned too. Um, if you have any questions too about the podcast or questions for even Trevor for that matter uh, you can DM us those questions and then we can talk about them on the next podcast or uh, a following podcast Um, if you haven't already rated us on the podcast on iTunes if you're listening on iTunes do it now it doesn't hurt 
Um, and it does help us quite a bit, uh, at least get at least get the podcast out there. Um, but we'd like to thank Trevor too, Trevor Nelson from Mojo Marketplace for joining us um, and teaching us about stuff around fonts. Um, there's some stuff in there I didn't I didn't know about. I'm not a great font selector. Are you Are you a great font selector? I am not. Um, even you know, as my career before as a graphic designer, that was one of my biggest weaknesses. So this has been this has been great talking to Trevor about this stuff. Yeah. Font selector is not on either of our LinkedIn profiles. No, font but selector. maybe, but maybe we can get font selector on, on our profiles, and then if we're really lucky, we can get Trevor to endorse us for font for being. That's font what we got to do, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as always, uh, thank you for listening, and be excellent to each other. And as Trevor said, be safe out there. Thank you for listening to Design Much. It's been real fam. Chris Pratt will be able to. Oh, I mean, what secret places? Chris Pratt might take you duck hunting, though. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't want to go to some like secret club. I want to go duck hunting. That sounds oh, well, that, great. That makes total sense. <laughs>